Isn't that a beautiful hymn? Julia is here. For those of you with children, meet her at the back and she'll give you the Bible bags. All the rest of us, let's turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Jonah. It's a little hard to find. Look in the front of the book if you want to the index and uh, look it up. It's one of the shortest books of the Old Testament. And one of the most interesting. I encourage you to take some time and read the whole of the story this week. We're going to also build upon the Matthew text, the parable that Jesus told in our gospel lesson earlier in the service. Over the last few weeks, we've been uh, looking at the teachings of Paul and the teachings of Jesus on how it is that we have peace and goodwill amongst us as human beings. Three weeks ago, we talked about how our love must be anupokritas, without hypocrisy, genuine and sincere. Two weeks ago, we talked about reconciliation and how when a person close to us, an Adelphos, and it can be translated a brother, a brother, a sister, a family member, a fellow Christian, and Adelphos sins against us, we go to them so that we might be restored and we don't lose that close relationship and we're reconciled together. Last Sunday, we talked about forgiveness and how it's not a matter of keeping track of how many times we've forgiven them and then we uh, no longer forgive, but rather it's a whole deeper kind of love. It's a whole deeper kind of way that keeps no record of the wrongs done against us. And as a part of that, we saw that one of the ways that this is possible between us as human beings is that God promises us justice. He says it clearly throughout Scripture. There are two texts I'll give you. One is from the Old Testament that we are to forgive and let go of our vengeance because, as God explains in the Torah, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And then Paul restates it in kind of a, a, a simpler and broader form in his letter to the Romans where he says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. And God's wrath is the natural consequence of evil that God has built into the world. It's not that he gets mad at us. It's that when you do evil, you will pay. When you reap what you sow, uh, the law of karma is true. But that, of course, is the exact question for those of us who experience harm against us and want some justice. Does God always avenge? Well, we know God to be a God of mercy, a God of love, a God of, of compassion and, and caring. So will he, as we used to say it in Oklahoma, will he get them if they do something against us? Let me tell you a personal story. It, it's actually about 30 years old now, so I can tell it without, without much uh, pain, but it was a very painful uh, journey in my own spiritual walk. I was already a pastor uh, when this occurred, and some of you have heard this before. But about 30 years ago, there was a sin that was done against my father and my brother by the same person. And as is often the case in such things, when you love someone and they've been sinned against, you often have more anger and want more vengeance for them than you would if that sin had occurred against you. 
I won't go into all the details of what happened, but what made it especially complicated for me was that the person who sinned against my father and brother, who were both free Methodist pastors, one in Oklahoma and one in Texas, was the free Methodist bishop of that area. I so longed for justice. Uh, as time went on, I recognized finally by God's uh, uh, instruction to me that it had turned far beyond justice to vengeance. I not only wanted to right the wrong done to them, but I also wanted this bishop to pay. Now, I nursed that vengeance. And if you do that, if you've ever walked through that kind of journey in your own life, you know that pretty soon it's a consuming thing. You think about it in the shower. You think about it when you come into the presence of God. You think about it in all uh, situations. I could not forgive. Even though I was praying continually to God to help me forgive, to, to let go of this thing that was uh, consuming me. In the fall of that year, that it had actually happened during the spring and summer of that year, I was at a minister's retreat, similar to the one that all of our pastors went to on Monday and Tuesday of this week. And in the evening time, I went to the altar to pray. I was in great spiritual angst. And so people could tell. Other pastors came around and, and they prayed with me. But I could not forgive. I wanted justice. And that was true. That's what I said to everybody. But at the deeper level that I didn't understand until God broke into that moment, I wanted to avenge my father and my brother. Or to use the, the princess bride kind of language, my name is Denny Wayman. You harmed my father. Prepare to pay. <laughs> but of course, as is so true of God, he does not give us what we pray for. He gives us what we need. And in a moment of Holy Spirit communication, it was as though God said to me very clearly, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Let it go. And I remember saying to him what we'll see Jonah said to God in his moment of vengeance. Yeah, I know you say that. But I also know you to be a God of love and mercy, compassion. I don't trust you to get them. I continued in prayer for quite some time that night. And I realized, though, finally, that I had no choice but to hear what God was saying to me directly. That for me to continue down this path of being consumed by vengeance was stealing everything that I was and everything that I could be as a pastor and as a, as a person, as a son, as a brother. And so I did, in fact, let go of it and let God uh, care for it. Now, nothing happened immediately. I got up from that altar still wanting that uh, bishop to pay. But I had let it go. And sometime, I don't even know when it happened or how it happened, but sometime over the next six months, I was with a person six months later, we were talking about this person, and I realized that I only had compassion for him. And I only had love and care because God had freed my soul from that poison and that prison. That vengeance is, is so true to do. I've titled our study today, 
angry at God's mercy. Angry at God's mercy. Earlier in the service, we read a gospel lesson where God's mercy is such that he gives a living day's wage. That's what the description there is, that every person needed that amount of money in order to just have food for their family. And so each person needed a living day's wage in order to survive. And so every person needed it, regardless of the number of hours that they were hired, as they were at the place where people get hired to do work, but nobody hired them. Now that, of course, hits us our sense of justice, that the people who worked all day would get paid the same as a person who worked an hour. But in reality, as Jesus points out in his parable, what disturbs us is God's mercy. Everybody was treated justly, but God was merciful to those in need. He provided their daily bread. But it's definitely Jonah, who's the poster child of this vengeance that doesn't want the, those who have harmed them uh, to be forgiven. Ancient Nineveh uh, was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, one of the greatest empires of the ancient world. The empire existed in various expansions from 1800 B.C., about the same time that the Israelites were being enslaved in uh, Egypt, to the ultimate power around the time of Jonah, about 700 or so B.C. when Jonah lived, they had their largest expansion. The Assyrians were an extremely brutal nation. Their practice was to decapitate their enemies and bring their heads as an offering in order to keep tally of their victory. This is an icon of a stone relief showing how victory was expressed and measured in this brutal land. Now, this is the land that had conquered Israel, and Jonah had experienced their brutality. Today, Nineveh is in the same geographic area as claimed to be controlled by ISIS. And today, everyone is having the same reaction as Jonah did to the decapitation of our fellow countrymen. The only difference is 2,700 years. And so you can imagine his desire to make the Assyrians pay for what they've done. And the last thing he wants them to do is to repent and for God to be merciful. He wants them to pay. So when God tells him, I want you to go and I want you to preach repentance, stopping this evil to this uh, nation... Jonah instead gets in a boat and goes the opposite direction as far as he can in their Mediterranean world. But you know the story. Soon he's uh, thrown overboard in a biological taxi, takes him back to Nineveh. Just as he feared, when he gets there, he says, repent, and the people repent. And God is lenient, and that makes him mad. And so let's look at Jonah chapter 3. We're going to pick up the story there, verse 10, and we're going to go through verse 4 through 11. Now when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them, on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? 
This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I know you to be a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. Vengeance requires somebody to die in this whole equation. But the Lord answered, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in the shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head, to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die, and he said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it and make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? As I was studying this and thinking of the lectionary, the lectionary is put together, as you know, by about 50 different denominations, and it's studied throughout the world. And these texts were chosen years and years ago, and they apply to our, our life today in just remarkable ways. Keep that open before you as we pray. Father, it is our great desire to live this life as you encourage and empower us to live. And yet our humanity gets in the way so often. I would lift up myself and every person here that we might live in a whole different way of peace and goodwill as the angels announced it when the gospel began in that wonderful night of birth. Be with each of us. Allow us to respond to you this morning and every morning. And we'll give you the praise. Amen. Shouldn't, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? I find it fascinating how easy it is for me and for us and for any group of people to dismiss the great city's of Nineveh in all their various forms, all their various incarnations, all their various ways. They hurt us, whoever they are, and we not only lose concern for them, but we want vengeance. But vengeance is an uncontrollable emotion, God tells us. We can't handle it, he explains. Leave it to me, he says. So why don't we? And why are we so angry when God shows mercy? 
I wrote a book back when I was a student at Asbury. It was titled, The Church as a Just Redeeming Community. And in my research on justice, I discovered what all of our lawyers know. True justice includes mercy. True justice includes mercy. When it is us who live in Nineveh and have done the wrong, we are so thankful for God's mercy. But when we live in Israel and they behead my brother and my father, and God says, now go talk to these people. I'm concerned about them. They don't know their left hand from their right hand. I want to give them an opportunity to repent from the way they're living. Our response is often like Jonah. What? I'm getting as far away from that as I can. I don't want them to hear the good news, the gospel, and be spared the consequence of the evil they've done. I would encourage you to meditate on this parable as Jesus tells it and to read the story of Jonah in its entirety but also to focus more intently on the text uh, that we just read. Stop and listen to what God says to you. How does it relate to your life? How does it relate to our world and to how we're living together on this planet? how we're not living together. I would give you a few questions just to kind of prime your pump, but I know God will, will give you your own questions, your own unique questions. But just thinking of the parable that Jesus tells, if God cares about the living wage of every person, do I? Or am I so caught up in the world's ways of valuing people that I do not share God's concern for the 120,000 plus people living in need in our city, in our nation, in the world as a whole. Am I consumed by vengeance toward anyone? Do I hold on to my hurt or the hurt done to my father my brother, my sister, my mother, to my fellow Americans, such that I wish death to someone, so much that if they don't die, I don't want to live? Am I angry at God for his leniency, his mercy, his compassion? Am I caught up in getting even with them such that I cannot accept God's mercy toward them. And finally, have I considered that the plants that shade me, the provisions of God, his daily bread for me, are in fact a gift from God and am I thankful? Or do I focus on the worms that eat at my comfort and get mad at God? These are just some of the questions these, this parable and this true account brings to our minds. So let's spend time with God.